Okay, it is time for some listener feedback about our William Dudley Pelly episode from last week. And we'll start things off with some email from Lester. He says, great episode. I could ask a lot of questions, but let me compliment you on resisting temptation and not calling pyramidists pyramidiots, as most of us ancient Near East sorts do. Yes, it was uh, it was a struggle, but I did so. And Lester also asks, did Pelly ever attend Giant Rock? Um, I've seen... No evidence that that he was at Giant Rock. Uh, I've not seen any mentions of that. I think the biggest impediment to him being out there was, besides his reputation as you know being a, a well known seditionist, was that the terms of his parole sort of kept him in uh, in Indiana. So that is uh, that is a drawback to um, a life of wanting to travel, I guess. On Twitter, Doc Pinko says, after the Pelly episode, I have an image of Lauren Green disembarking the Battlestar Galactica and settling in England. Also, I did a small bit of research on the St. Germain cult that had some very fascist undertones, similar hand gestures, etc. Yes, yes, they uh, yes, they did. Um, well, we'll be getting into the I am uh, the I am movement in a future episode. I'm pretty sure once I'm recovered from um, coping with with Pelly. Over on the uh, the Chizo Media Patreon at patreon.com slash Chizo Media, or if you Google Saucer Life Patreon, it's the first thing that comes up, or there's a link in the notes. Vincent says, this was a really fascinating episode. You did an excellent job of clarifying the often muddled connections of Pelly, I am, Williamson, and Adamski. Uh, yes, um, he found it thoroughly interesting, including the overload of irony every time Pelly shifts from talking about universal brotherhood of humanity to Nazi-level racism, anti-Semitism. Yes, uh, and a lot of people noted uh, in in the comments and and things like that that uh, the the interesting thing is these connections, these overlapping connections between contactism, the I am movement, and Pelly's uh, liberation and, and soulcraft and things like that. Uh, Kirk says, I confess that I had never heard of Pelly until his name was brought up on the Saucer Life, a very interesting fellow. But once again, I am equally impressed with how these fellows have apparently impacted others. My attention slipped and I realized I didn't know what the golden scripts were. So I looked them up on Amazon and encountered these mind-blowing reviews. Enjoy or possibly shake your head in dismay. Reviewer one, each exalted script, I'll start over. Each exalted script flowed through William Pelly exactly as received in the idiom of Shakespearean England. Some readers find this archaic prose difficult to understand initially, but with perseverance fall in love with the unparalleled beauty and wisdom. Reviewer 2 said, I felt like I was reading a book authored by the Son of God himself. And Reviewer 3 said, I am very impressed with the content of the Golden Scripts, and it has now become my personal Bible. I am reading a bit every day and plan to read it from cover to cover, after which I plan to open it each morning to read whatever is presented to my eyes for that day. Wow. Uh, thanks, Kirk, for sending those reviews in. That is, uh, that is fun stuff. Another patron says, I thought I knew a bit about 1930s era radical right, but there's a lot more when you add in the weird stuff. Pelly reminds me of Coughlin. Currently reading Jacques Vallée's published diaries from the 1970s, he made the connection between the silver shirts and the IM. He also casually mentions he had meals with everyone from Alan Hynek to Hal Putoff to George Hunt Williamson and Anton LaVey. I'm left with the impression that all of this has happened before and will all happen again. Um, unless that line comes from somewhere else more dignified than I'm remembering, that is our second Battlestar Galactica reference in this feedback uh, segment, which is which is great. 
And the uh, the saucer Karen says, I was under the impression that most of Pelly's activities were political, and he just did the saucer bit to bring people into that, like Zundel. This show made it clear that due to his legal issues, he had to concentrate on the spiritual and UFO side of things. His preference was talking about what he thought the more advanced off-world bearings were like. This gives a more accurate view of him. Yeah, he um it's not not like not like Zundel. You're right. It's it's a different sort of thing due to some of those uh, some of those restrictions. Over to website comments now. Uh, Sam says, listening to your account of Pelly, my impression is that he was an eternal optimist. Genuinely confident in a world with no problems is just over the horizon. A trait I struggle to associate with many fascists' grim and manly brooding focus on a glorious final war against the Jewish Bolshevik other menace. You've made clear that Pelly had the prejudices and the hope of authoritarian utopia. So two questions. Was Pelly an eternal optimist? Um, okay. I'll take that one. I I don't know if eternal optimist is the right word, but one thing that that's clear from at least reading the the Beekman biography um, is that his his political and social and economic ideas were rooted in some progressive era uh, some progressive era writings and 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 theorists like the novelist Edward Bellamy, whose book Looking Backward was sort of this this utopian uh, utopian vision of uh, of the future, and I think those those schools of thought were fairly optimistic. So some of that uh, some of that still shines uh, shines through. And two, do you think the fascism something he tacked on because it happened to be popular at the time or was his vision of a new society naturally fascistic um i i think i think there's oh gosh a little bit of both i i think there was there was the fascism floating around i think his experiences in hollywood fueled the uh anti-semitism and his anti-communism and anti-bolshevism uh fueled his anti-semitism and when you've got this idea that only an authoritarian sort of spiritually um sort of sort of driven um regime can solve things and you combine that with the racial and and anti-semitic ideas i think that's what's going to come out um, sam says on another note i've recently read a bio on l ron hubbard and i couldn't help but be struck by the similarities between the two not least the time spent in hollywood on a final unrelated note do you have an opinion on the theosophicalish space opera book Oh, OASP. I've never known how to pronounce that. O-A-H-S-P. Also referred to as the Cosmon Bible. Um, I, I am not super familiar with it. He, uh, Sam notes here that I would have at least heard of it by having read the Ray Palmer bio, The Man from Mars. Yeah, that's about the extent of my knowledge of it. Uh, it's, it's on my list of things to look at. Thanks for writing in, Sam. Red Pull Junkie says, I stumbled upon the concept of pyramid prophecies at an early age due to a Mexican graphic novel titled The World of the End of the World. I confess that when 9-11 happened, I took it out of my library and reread it because the difference between September 17th and September 11th felt awful minuscule. And even today, one can make a good argument that 9-11 was a nexus point in our timeline in which things began to accelerate for the worse. Yeah, yeah, I think you can make an argument for that. Absolutely. Uh, and finally, Jack writes in and says, uh, I believe Guy and Edna Ballard either met at an, an early Pelly study group in Chicago or when Pelly hit legal snafus, they got the idea to build the uh, the mighty IM on Pelly's decline. If you do a show on IM, look for Gerald Bryan's expose, Psychic Dictatorship in America, 1935. 
Brian was an insider. Um, the Mighty IM would do massive group chants calling for the destruction of its enemies, including FDR. Elizabeth Clare Prophet's Church Universal and Triumphant was an offshoot, uh, complete with decrees and ascended masters. Um, and uh, Jack goes on to say he's not a fan of Beekman's book. He found it shallow. There are more thoughtful examinations of Pelly and books that study Depression-era right-wing politics. He is worthy of a major biography. In fact, I see Pelly as the leading character in a great unwritten novel by Sinclair Lewis. He is the essential, quintessential Main Street mystic. I believe he was sincere, but like so many American prophets, he was a magpie. It seems to come with the territory. Think of Joseph Smith, Ellen White, Mary Baker Eddy, the Urania book. By the way, all those along with Blavatsky, Alice Bailey, and many New Age cults shared Pelly's racial ideas, though often veiled in purple prose. As Mark Twain said of the Book of Mormon, Pelly's novels are chloroform in print. He was a Booth Tarkington wannabe. Along with Mayhap, he loved to use betimes and supernal. Thanks for a fascinating program. Thank you for writing in, Jack. So thanks a lot. People seem, most people seem to enjoy the episode. And um, next time, we're going to be looking at, uh, at more adventures of Shoichi Harakawa. And then after that, um, I had everything sort of sketched out, but I think plans might change. Some, a document has dropped into my, uh, dropped into my lap from uh, a follower on Twitter that might be a good uh, source for an episode so um, we'll see we'll see what happens thanks so much for listening and interacting and, uh, and and being around on social media and on the patreon and in my email inbox uh, very much appreciate it all right that's all for this little off week segment and we'll talk to you later <laughs>